Christian Parenting. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I am Josh. I'm Jimmy. And we are so excited to have Kristen Jensen on the phone today. Uh, She is the founder of Protect Young Minds and a best-selling author of Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids, as well as Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior, a simple plan to protect young minds. She also serves on the uh, Prevention Task Force of the National Coalition of Sexual Exploitation. Kristen, thank you so much for being on. It's great to be here with you. Uh, Kristen, this is, um, I, I'm, I'm sure so many people that are listening to our program are familiar with your books, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. They may not be as familiar with the organization Protect Young Minds. What was the catalyst that sort of led you into, we were talking beforehand how we've got sexual addiction recovery at, at our counseling center it is such a, uh, we say a hot topic, but it's it's a hot topic no one wants to talk about. You right. just hit it head on and you you attacked the root cause, which is, you know, for, for so many, you know, early exposure to pornography in children. What led you, what was the impetus of even going this direction with your career? Yeah, I ask myself that a lot. (laughs) I can tell you that when I was in high school, I was not planning for this kind of a career (laughs) or this kind of a a direction. But uh, several years ago, I got a phone call from a woman that I had met at church, and she told me this really sad story about she had a large family. She was homeschooling them because she wanted to protect them from, you know, from sexual abuse because she had suffered that. As a, as a young child. So she was trying to do everything, but her oldest son, they found out, he was 17 at the time, that he had been sexually molesting several of his younger brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. all the way for, you know, from the four-year-old to the 14-year-old, and boys and girls, and, so, and found out that you know, pornography was involved. And so she's telling me this sad story. I mean, it was just so tragic. I woke up the next morning and I just had this thought just kept coming, you know, to my head, like, you know, who will warn the young children? Mm -hmm. Because I could tell that children were getting exposed at younger and younger Mm -hmm. ages and nobody was talking to them or warning them um, and giving them, you know, telling them what to do if they Mm -hmm. saw it. Mm -hmm. And so I just got this crazy idea to, well, first of all, I went looking for a resource for this poor right. mother. And I got online and I was looking. I thought, oh, there'll be a couple of books about this that you can read to kids. And 
just like with, uh, you know, body safety books. And I didn't find anything. And this right. was back in like 2011 and didn't find anything. So I, like I said, I got this crazy idea that I could write a book for children. And I do have a degree in literature, English literature. I don't mm-hmm. know that that really qualifies one. <laughs> Everyone says an English degree isn't worth anything, but I beg to differ. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so started writing good pictures, bad pictures, uh, porn proofing today's young kids. I thought it would take a couple of weeks in the summer, but guess what? It took three years wow. to write it because I tested it so well. Got lots of input from, you know, psychologists and therapists and parents. And so we, you know, I rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it. And then finally was able to publish it. And it's been a number one you know, book on Amazon mm-hmm. for all these years. And then I got asked to write the junior version by parents. Several parents asked me to write that book. And so that came out in 2017. So uh, that's kind of the story mm-hmm. behind why I would write a book about pornography for children, because turns out they really, really need to know. Yeah. Yep. And younger than you would think. Yeah. So in all your research, uh, I know a lot of parents are curious, you know, what is the right age to start talking about pornography with our children? And secondarily, I know a lot of parents are fearful that won't that just increase their curiosity and won't they want to go and search for it more? Yeah, great question. This is the thing. You need to give, uh, there's not one particular age. It's as soon as your child has any access to the internet. Yes, I love this. So if they're on an iPad or on your phone or have any access to playing with children that have access to the internet. You know, when our toddlers get to be walking, we warn them and we train them not, you know, to, to stay on the sidewalk and not to run out into the street. So when kids are getting ready and getting out onto the super highways of the internet, uh, we definitely need to give them a simple warning, and uh, because none of us are none of us do very well when we're caught off guard. Mm-hmm. So I say, you know, if you've got a three year old and they they're they're on an iPad, uh, you need to give them a simple warning. And then the other question you asked about, you know, won't this make them more curious? Um, I know a lot of moms ask this question because moms are really good at mom guilt. And so mm-hmm. if there's any way that we can be held responsible for any problem, we're also good at wife have, guilt, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, true. <laughs> but in any case, we not touching that one. <laughs> so in any case, we have two choices as parents. The one choice is kind of like the cross your fingers plan. Mm-hmm. And you can hope that your kids will not see anything inappropriate Um, or be affected by it until at least the day after you decide to bring it up to them and start (laughs) training them. Exactly. That's the cross your fingers plan. And just like trying to time the market, it doesn't usually work. Mm -hmm. So, um, cause that's the thing is that if you, if you have, if you're just crossing your fingers, where is your control, Mm -hmm. your control, you have given it over to chance Mm -hmm. to circumstance. Because you have no idea 
These kids get exposed on the school bus. They get exposed at school. They get exposed at church activities. They get exposed at friends' houses. I mean, it's on and on, and you just can never know. So I recommend the Protecting Minds proactive plan, which is get ahead of the game so that you're you're not in a reactive, but you're in a proactive mm-hmm. stance and start to warn them. And the basic three things that we ask parents to do is to give kids a definition of pornography or, or bad pictures, you know, tell them what it is just so they can recognize it. Now, you're not going to give all the dark, scary things about it, but just a simple definition. And the ones we have in our books is something like pornography means pictures, videos, or cartoons of people with little or no clothing on that focus on the private parts of the body we keep covered with a swimsuit. So that's a very basic definition, but we don't need to give kids too much more because if they're seeing nudity online, I don't think they're looking at the Sistine Chapel, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, They need to report it to you. So they need a definition. They need to understand that um, it's dangerous. It's, It's harmful to their brain. And, you know, to, to the whole person. And then three, they need to have a plan. Uh, so they know exactly what right. to do when they are exposed. And so it's a definition, a warning, and a plan. So that um, that's what we provide in the books. I think when you're proactive, kids really will do this. And maybe I could just tell one quick story. Mm-hmm. I've got lots, but um, there was a young uh, boy, he's like nine years old. His mother read him good pictures, bad pictures. You know, he knew the, the can-do plan that's in that book. And he went to school a few days later. One of his classmates showed him pornography on a mobile device. He went home. He knew exactly what to do. He told his mom what had happened. And then he said this. He said, I was scared, but I knew what to do. Yes, I was exactly. scared, but I knew what to do. And we just unburden the kids when, mm-hmm. you know, when we give them the tools and give them the permission to come and tell us. Well, and that's what's the, the, the beauty about, about your books is it's not just, oh my gosh, this is scary. Everyone be scared. It's okay. Yeah, it sort of is, but here's exactly what to do. I think that it can alleviate a ton of anxiety. Uh, for a child who thinks they're going to get in trouble if they see something like right. this, uh, and for the parents as well. I know with the, um, what is it now, something like the average age of first internet porn exposure is, is between 7 and 10. And when we you know, deal with teenagers, as I've done most of my adult life, you know, you'd always tell parents, you know, your child is who their friends are. So your friend, you know, your, your child, is, he's not the designated driver. He's, you know, he's not the only one at the party that's not drinking. So sometimes parents have these blinders on that I know that this might occur with other families, but it's, it's, there's no way that my child would ever do this. Do some parents feel almost guilty in bringing this up with their kids, like assuming that they would, they would be doing something wrong? Well, let me tell you, good kids get into porn. Yes. It's not whether they're good or bad. It's whether they're biological yes. human beings. Yes. We are all wired to respond to nudity, to, you know, and we do have a response. And that's for a good purpose. 
pornography just twists it and turns mm-hmm. it around and makes, you know, we need to get in there and teach our children not only about sex earlier than we are doing, but about the counterfeit, which is, you know, the toxic version of sex, which is pornography, so that they know what to expect. I mean, if your mm-hmm. kid is learning about sex from pornography, it's gotten so violent, so toxic, so degraded. You just, they, they're not going to be looking forward to a happy sex life. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to, I think what you're saying is that, you know, how do parents, you know, think about, well, not my kid. There is a huge naivete gap. There was mm-hmm. a study done in the UK that showed that, you know, when they asked parents, and these were parents and their teens, basically, these parents were underestimating by 100%. I was actually going to mention that study, and I'm, I may have gotten it off your, your website. Well, on our website, we have lots of great uh, resources. So, for example... Uh, go to protectyoungminds.org and you can uh, get the quick start guide. So you come up to speed. There's lots of stats. There's, you know, come up to speed about the whole issue of pornography and how to talk to your kids about it. And then if you want to get even more prepared, download the smart plan guide because that will prepare you for how to deal with, you know, that first time that you either find out or your child comes and tells you that they've seen pornography and SMART is another acronym that start, stands for, you know, stay calm, make a plan. Uh, you know, when you first realize that your child has been seeking out porn or someone has exposed them to porn, the normal reaction is to freak out. Correct. But we teach you how to go through a series of steps so that you deal with your own emotions first and then you confront your child or work with your child. They'll shut down, as you know, right? If you just freak out. Mm -hmm. And so you need to get yourself in a calm place and we help you do that with this smart plan guide. Parents feel the pressure to parent well, but life, especially right now, with the COVID and the germs and the homeschool, well, it's just really hard. That's why we're so excited to announce that I specifically, they wouldn't let Josh because, face it, he's just not good enough, but I will be speaking at the online Perfectly Imperfect Christian Parenting event that's going to be coming your way October 23rd and 24th. This completely digital event was designed for parents like us as a time to set aside perfection and receive the practical and spiritual help we need in an easy and accessible digital format. And we're so excited to, or at least Jimmy is, excited to be speaking at this event. The goal is to help you check perfection at the door and become the perfectly imperfect parent God has called you to be. Okay, so what I'm gonna be speaking about specifically, the title is The Forbidden Pandemic and how it's time we begin talking about the rampant addiction to high-speed internet pornography. Now then, before you go, that's gross and you wouldn't catch me within 10 miles of that topic. I beg you to listen. You might say to yourself, well, gosh, you know, porn's been around forever. This has not. There are addiction experts that feel that because of high-speed internet pornography, there may not have ever been anything so addictive that we've ever dealt with as a society. And because shame is the driver of sex addiction and porn addiction, it is especially rampant within the church. 
please listen. You may be a little uncomfortable, but it's information that we have to begin talking about. In addition to Jimmy's talk, there will be over 40 other short, consumable talks giving you both practical and spiritual advice from some other amazing speakers such as Aaron and Jamie Ivey, Mark Batterson, Jonathan Pitts, the Duck Dynasty gang, and many, many more. So register today for this digital Christian parenting event at Paradox, that's P-A-I-R-A-D-O-C-S, paradox.perfectlyimperfect.org at checkout. You'll also find a link to the event in our show notes. Again, register today at paradox.perfectlyimperfect.org. We look forward to seeing you there. I think a lot of parents are like, all right, we get it, we get it. Let's put filters on our family computers, and now we're done. But that doesn't necessarily offer all the protection. How, how are kids getting exposed if it's not, you know, on our family computers? So kids are getting exposed through social media. If your kids have any access to social media, Instagram, you know, any of them, any of them, uh, TikTok, obviously, you know, th- there's just so many ways to get any kind of social media. Many of these apps, games, video games. Mm-hmm. So they're, and then they're friends and they share this. And like I said, lots of kids, you know, I've heard back from lots of parents that start, you know, uh, reading good pictures, bad pictures. And there's a certain percentage that say they already had seen it. So for example, one mom had her kids, her two daughters, young daughters, like maybe seven and nine. They were over playing at a friend's house when she drove up. The friend was showing them something on the on the phone, on a phone uh, in the front yard. So she, when the kids got in, she goes, what was she showing you on, on her phone? And they looked at each other and they kind of said, oh, it was a My Little Pony video. But months later, when she read Good Pictures, Bad Pictures to them, they they opened up and they said, mom, that wasn't a My Little Pony video. She was showing us pornography. And, and, and this mother said she would have never known. And that would have just been a burden for them. And it may have enticed them, sure. you know, their curiosity. So, so important that we give kids information early enough so yes. that they can develop an internal filter. Yep. And I'll just say this one more thing. Mm-hmm. All the filters in the world, even if you have a perfectly efficacious filter, which actually doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. That is not going to change the heart and soul and mind of your child. Mm-hmm. You have to persuade them to reject pornography from their heart, mm-hmm. from their mind, mm-hmm. right? And no filter is going to do that for you. What you need to do is build an internal filter that goes with them everywhere they go and that helps them know how and why they should reject pornography. So besides the internal filter, I'm assuming another solution is just a compound somewhere. Is there a protect young minds compound we can all just go just lock to them up. and just lock up our kids? And then when they, they like reach college age, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can let right. them out? <laughs> I think good. it's in Costa Rica. Ah, okay, That's okay, okay. It. <laughs> no, I, I think in this world, there's so many sexual cues coming in to our kids at all times. And maybe as adults, we've kind of blocked them out because we're just so used to it. But these kids get affected. I mean, I've talked to guys who, when they were six years old, were ripping out pictures from the 
underwear catalog that was oh, yeah. coming to you know their address and hiding them under uh, his Thomas the Train set. Mm-hmm. Wow. He was already kind mm-hmm. of interested in the sexualized uh, pictures of women. Right. Well, and there was a there was a yeah. an editorial written in the Dallas Morning News last fall by a mom and the the title of the the opinion piece was when a sixth grader can access rape porn at school then school itself becomes toxic and this yeah. it was a mom who was about her daughter and that's what you know some boys came up to her showed her this the most violent the most you know horribly degrading pornography and this this little six you know sixth grade girl was innocent as the driven snow but that happens completely outside the control of the parents and whatever filters they may have or you know what so we've got to to your point there it can't be simply protecting them it's also preparing them um because yeah. the question well, now is a protection yes yes it's it's more than simply protection it's also preparing them and because the the right. the issue now is not if they're going to be exposed, but when. Uh, and to your point, we right. can't just count on happenstance. Uh, we've got to be proactive. Exactly. And um, really, there's such a feeling of relief when you start these conversations and then you layer them as they get older, adding more and more, um, teaching them as they get older that one of the problems with uh, pornography is that it is tied to sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be, you know, voting for sex trafficking, right? And as they get older, you know, they can you can talk about how, you know, these pornography industry is really just trying to get them hooked and addicted so they'll be paying customers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to, with teenagers, you know, they love to rebel. So get them rebelling against pornography. So, again, but starting younger is so much, you know, Sooner is safer. Hashtag, mm-hmm. right? Sooner mm-hmm. is safer mm-hmm. when we start to build in these. It's really like a disposition, right? Mm-hmm. A mindset. But they understand that pornography is not going to lead to a happy, healthy life. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to steal their peace of mind and maybe enslave them in addiction and add to the problem of sexual exploitation everywhere. Um, so. I think it's very, very doable. And with the tools that we have at protectyoungminds.org, which includes a brand new curriculum called Brain Defense, it's for kids 9 to 12, uh, we are really giving parents the resources they need to begin this journey with their kids. And that's the thing. I mean, it can be so daunting and so scary, and we just want to hide our heads in the sand, and we don't know what to do, and we're just filled with fear. But I think we want to end on, or at least I do, the the story you told several minutes ago about, I think, that nine-year-old that came home was like, Mom, I knew what to do. Yes. Like, there's hope. There is hope. We don't have to be fearful. We can prepare our children to handle this and to have internal filters uh, to where everybody's not doomed Hi. for a, a life of addiction to pornography. Uh, Kristen, she is at protectyoungminds.org. Uh, you can find more information about her there. You can find her books on Amazon. Kristen, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, we knew this was going to be good. Well, yeah. 
I mean, this, this, as, as we said before, you know, sex in general, but certainly pornography, it is, it is the, the Voldemort of the Christian church and home, that which must not be named. And we don't talk about it. We refuse to talk about it. We play like it's not there. And by it, I just mean sex in general, because not only teach them what to do with you know, bad pictures as opposed to good ones, but it's also teaching them from a young age a biblical concept of what sexuality is, that it's good, that it's, it's, it's not dirty, it's not scary, so that when they are presented with pornography, what they already know about what sexuality is between a husband and a wife who love each other, and then pornography becomes instantly recognizable as something that is not that. Kristen Jensen at protectyoungminds.org will post uh, in our show notes her Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, we'll post about her brain defense, that preparing its curriculum, its curriculum specifically for kind of fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, uh, training them kind of what to do, how to do it, and how to have that internal filter. Uh, Jimbo, anything else? Not a thing. We appreciate you guys for listening. You can find this episode as well as anything previous at paradoxpodcast.com. You can also always go to christianparenting.org slash paradox. We appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks. For more information about the voice of the Paradox Podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Mm-hmm.